Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. <clears throat> Excuse me. And welcome to Invest Talk. Excuse my voice. I have cold and it's making me sound like Barry White. Uh, we decided that before the show started. I sound like Barry White, deeper in voice. But I'm still here and I can do the show and I'm glad you're here with me. Now, so far this year, in 2019, every single sector of the market has gone up. Now, if, I say if, the trajectory continues through February, it will be the first time ever that every sector has gone up for two months in a row. With the Fed rate threats off the table, the market has been allowed to shift into fundamental mode. So everything seems to be lining up for positive movement, even though earnings for 2019 will be a bit less than 2018. Not more, not a bit, but much less, because 2018 had very good earnings. So what's the what's the dark shadow overhanging the market? Probably the Chinese trade talks. Now, we've been getting good news, good vibes, good, you know, rumors coming out of it. And that's helped move the market forward. But that is probably the biggest shadow overhanging the market right now. The Fed is no longer an issue because they said they were going to be patient. But the trade talks, we don't know where they're going to go. So we'll see. Now, Walmart reported very strong earnings yesterday. And they had a big holiday quarter. Here's a pop quiz question for you. What was the only stock in the Dow that finished up in 2018? Only one of the 30 stocks was up for the year. It was Walmart. That tells you something about Walmart, doesn't it? They have pricing power. They have the ability to maintain. And as I mentioned yesterday, they looks like they they have the solution, the Amazon solution in hand. Their their online sales grew what forty five percent or something like that. Yeah, really big. The price of oil this morning was about fifty seven dollars a barrel, and gasoline at the pump is up to an average around two dollars and thirty six cents per gallon. And there's a lot of talk, a lot of green talk movement about about cutting back or stopping the use of fossil fuels. Now, how, real, how, real, how, how realistic is that, really? Now, do you know that Germany, for example, is really heavily reliant on coal? So even if the United States finds a sensible way to reduce the burning of fossil fuels, it is unlikely that the rest of the world will follow suit. And that's going to put us at a very um, a competitive disadvantage. I'm not advocating a position here. I'm not talking about it to say one way or another. I'm just trying to, you know, look at the facts and trying to relate them to you. Highlight the data about these green policies. Now, for instance, green policies here in California. Green policies here in California meant and means right today that we pay here in California 60% higher 
than the rest of the country in electricity for electricity. 60% higher than everybody else in the country, in California. So those are what, you know, does that mean... And we're not talking about getting rid of fossil fuels here, you know, here. We just, you know, we're spending so much money because they're trying to go green. And it's what costs. It's very expensive. Finally, if you're an investor in Amazon, Apple, Comcast, Netflix, or Disney, you already know, and you've heard me say, that the competitiveness, the competitive fever in the streaming content business is getting very hot. In November 2017, Amazon bought or acquired the global television rights to the best-selling book, Lord of the Rings, all the novels, 2017. You know what they're doing with that? Well, they hired a bunch of writers. They put them in a windowless dark room, and they're writing new stories, new stories, using the Lord of the Rings as their template. And according to a recent report, uh, this is going to be the most expensive TV show ever produced. Isn't that interesting? I think so. So content is king in the streaming business. Amazon is, talk, is, is talk, taking the new Lord of the Rings production effort, and they're going to they're going to make pre you know before Lord of the Rings happen, but a storyline before that. So and it's that super cost. I mean, we're talking. Very expensive. So everybody's going to get into this. And just so you know, you know, J.R. Tolkien that wrote this, he wrote this book. He's an English writer. He wrote this book, I think, in the 1950s. I'm not sure exactly when. But there's 150 million copies sold out there of this, these books. I love those books. I've read them a couple, three times now. I think they're very well written. And I remember reading somewhere where he was, when he was first starting to write these books, he had a lot of doubts. And I think it took him 10 years. He had a lot of doubts about the books. Anyways, we are going to take our first caller. You can call us right now, 888-99-CHART. Let's go talk to Kevin in the Bay Area. Kevin, you want to talk about Western Digital? Yes, Steve. So I bought the stock about a month ago, and I'm up. 30% since. I want to know what your thoughts are on Western Digital. I am a little surprised at how much it's gone up in the last month, and I'm worried it could give back some of that gain. Well, we bought it that's about the, around the same time. WDC, everybody. And we're going to hold on to it. Uh, makes hard disks, solid state drivers for desktop, notebook computers, enterprise applications. So they pay a 4.1% dividend. The P.E. ratio is very low. Um, you can't use 2018 because they had an unusual earnings per share number. But $5.33 for this year and then $5.53 for next year at a $48 stock. So we're talking about a P.E. of around, I don't know, 8, uh, 9, uh, not quite 10 maybe 9, 10, and the five-year range is 3 to 14. A recent, uh, recent sales were disappointing in the most recent quarter, but I think that we think that it's got some room to grow. We're following it with a fairly tight stop, Kevin, so that's what we're going to do. You know, maybe if it breaks down below the 20-day moving average, which is 45, 60, it's at 48, 46 now, 
as it keeps kind of crawling up, you know, that 20-day moving average keeps going up with it. So we're, we're just going to follow up with a tight stop, necessarily, not necessarily just get out. Got it. Great. Thanks for your insight. You're welcome. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Okay. Let's see. I won't get rid of that. That's on my computer. Now, I know it's hard to believe, but we are already into the final two weeks of February, and there has been plenty of market news and data to consider. So if any of the information discussed on today's program raises further questions in your mind with regard to how market news may affect your portfolio, you know, you can always reach out to me or Justin, and we'll take a look at your portfolio and call our data point offices or send me a message through investor.com. And I promise, you know, any emails you send me, I do make a very hard effort to respond to each one. So, we're live right now, 888-99-CHART. You can give us a call. This is Invest Talk, and we are fast moving through a shortened market week. But you still want unbiased investing guidance, right? Of course you do because it can help you achieve financial freedom. Well, Steve Peasley is here now, taking your calls live. So step up with your questions, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Vitaly in Atlanta. He wants to talk about Tiva Pharmaceuticals. How are you doing, Vitaly? I'm doing well, Steve. How are you? I am, well, considering a cold, I'm pretty good. I feel pretty good even though I got a cold. So, it's just my voice is off. So, you want yeah, to talk I about Tiva? You want to buy it? You want to sell it? Quickly. Yeah, me too. It's annoying. I hate colds. I get one a year. My wife never gets sick. I get a cold a year. And she never catches my cold. I don't get it. Anyways. <laughs> so, what can I do for you? want to... Um, yeah, I had a question about Tiva. I also wanted to ask you about uh, like various uh, like industries that you recommend investing in. I was looking at utilities because you have talked about utilities a lot as they're like a safe ground uh, during the volatility of the market. And I've looked at utilities, yeah. and all the utilities, they're all up like 20 30%. And I'm wondering if I'm late yeah. to get to utilities or if you think that there's still good chances to get in or, or if I'm like late to the boat kind of on those. Well, you are a bit late. Um, um, the, the reason we've been, you know, we bought a couple of, I, I was just about ready to say what we bought, but I'm not supposed to. The SEC doesn't let me. But we bought a couple of them, um, three of them actually, in uh, several of our programs because we, we know how this works. Late in the economic cycle, late in the economic cycle, and when the Federal Reserve a few months ago was on the kick of raising rates, are going to continue to raise the rates in this year, and you know they were on that kick, and you know back in... Uh, 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 December, October, November, December. That's when we got into the utilities and I was talking about them because if they were continuing to raise rates, that would clearly push us into recession. And so that's why we bought them and then they did pretty good. Now that they backed off, the Federal Reserve backed off of that raising rates. Now the question is, will the utilities continue to move? What works in the late economic cycle? And when I say that, I mean, 
you know, we've been on a up. Our economy has been growing since 2009. And here it is, 2009, uh, 2020, 2019. So we know it's late in the cycle. There's certain industries work better. Utilities is one of them. You know, uh, uh, so that's why, you know, it was a twofer for us. There was two reasons to get into it. Now, your question is, is it too late? Too late. Well, it's, I, I, if you're going to get into them, I, I don't think it's too late. Uh, notice how hesitant I am, right? I'm pretty hesitant well, because I, mean, I know I, they had a great run. Yeah, I mean, I've already, yeah, I've looked at many different companies within the utility sector, and I don't see anything because everything looks so up that I'm, I'm hesitant to get in. So I just, I was curious yeah. if there's another sector that is a good sector to get into now or where I can do research and find companies where you think it's good? Well, there are. There are, and I wish I could tell you them. I'm not supposed to recommend things. I'm only supposed to answer questions uh, because, and again, SEC rules, but there, there are different sectors that work really good in the late economic sector, economy. If you want to send me an email and ask me the question, what sectors work good in the late economic cycle, I'll, I'll tell you what sectors work well in that late economic cycle. How's that? Okay. And of course, that goes for anybody yeah, else who, who may want that. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, there is a cycle. You can find them, by the way. Um, you can find that exact same thing. Uh, sector rotation and uh, to go into Google, right? Sector rotation, economic cycle. You'll find, you'll find mm-hmm. them. They're there. They'll, they'll, they show you charts. You know, here's the economic cycle. Here's the stock market cycle. And here's the sectors along the stock market cycle. I mean, I, I did, I, the reason why I know that is the class I did about a, a month and a half ago was on, was on, I showed it on that. And I got that from the internet. I knew it was out there. But thanks for the call. Appreciate it, Bob. Thank you. Okay, I'm sorry, was that Vitality? Bob, you're up next, but I need to take a break. If you'll hold on after a break, I'd love to talk to you. You're listening to Invest Talk. We'll get to Bob, I really will. I'm Steve Peasley, and let me remind you about our new learning tool, Invest Talk Academy. That's tomorrow. I'm putting on a class tomorrow. And my class tomorrow is uh, about how to find stocks, how to find them. I think it's going to be interesting. It's an online training class. If you're interested, we go on pretty in-depth. It's live. You know, I, we treat a teacher once a, once, a, once a week, and Justin and I take turns. So if you want to know more, go to Invest Talk Academy. 888-99-CHART is our number, everybody. Invest Talk. Are you doing everything possible to make sure that your investments are performing as well as they should be? Well, there's a treasure trove of wealth building information freely accessible right now at investtalk.com. You'll find investment strategies and unbiased guidance. The phone lines are open, Steve is here, and he's ready for your questions. Call 888 99Chart. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Bob in Hawaii. He wants to talk about financial freedom. How you doing, Bob? Aloha from Hawaii, Steve. 
Yeah, well, thank you for the call. And, of course, financial freedom costs more in the islands than most other places. Well, you're not kidding. Just as a quick comment, uh, you mentioned how expensive your power was in California. Well, we've got the most expensive right. uh, electric bills in the nation out here because we're totally dependent on oil. It. And uh, our solar and, was developing, but shit. then the utilities were letting us uh, sell it back to them. They, we sold so much back to them, they started losing money, so they ended the program. <laughs> oh, so man. We're, uh, we're really up the creek without a paddle when it comes to utilities. But I have uh, two, two questions, if I may, or two, co- two, uh, two points I wanted to raise. Sure. Uh, as a sure. personal in- insight, um, a few days ago, you told us that your financial freedom goal was to reach about $5 million. And, Correct. Um, with with uh, your stock tips and Justin's good advice to me and real estate investments here on the islands, I can say that I've now accomplished that in, in a Roth. Okay. And so now I wonder okay. what, what to do now. You know, we look at a uh, impending recession. Everybody talks about one coming sometime perhaps in the next year, year and a half. I've heard you say right. before, the best time to go into the market, the absolute best time is in the depths of a recession. But what about Correct. what about a new strategy? What about taking your money mm-hmm. with, with financial freedom and uh, going into a program that provides you with sufficient funds monthly so that you can live comfortably? And to do that, uh, what about exploring something like uh, triple net leases, where you're leasing triple net to Walmart, Starbucks, uh, these these large companies that uh, let you let right. let them use your money to invest their their products and then pay you a a monthly fee. And with a Roth, it would be tax free, as a, and you can get about a six and a half to seven percent cap as opposed to staying in the market at this point in time. So that that was one question okay. I wanted to pose to you, since uh, both you and I are after the same same end zone, and that's to reach about the same dollar amount to go forward. Well, I think uh, most people probably are not familiar with triple net leases. I am, and they are a very good way to make income. Um, I would. This is the caution I would give you. Many of them are partnerships. Okay, in which you are a limited partner, I would I would suggest you not participate as a limited partner in a private partnership. If it was a public part uh, public partnership, in other words, traded on the exchanges and has oversight, then I would feel more comfortable with it. But and and I wouldn't do it with all my money or even half or but just be part of my investment i just don't i've been involved with some private two private partnerships in my life and one went bankrupt because the the general partner was a crook and stole the money was apparently in the mafia and went back to italy and that was nothing but headaches for years so i don't care for private partnerships especially as we're getting close to retirement we got to be careful with that money so but i don't have a problem with the idea and what you could do, well, there's another idea right. that you might want to explore. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say, uh, the companies I would be talking about are publicly traded large companies. You know, not, not nothing no too big to fail. I don't believe that. But when you get in with right. a Starbucks or a Walmart, a Walgreens, yeah. they want a particular property to develop. 
and they take your money, buy the property, build their building, and then they pay you a triple net lease money for a guaranteed 20 years at a six and a half, seven percent cap versus putting your money in the stock market now and carrying it through seven years. What, what your, you know, at the yeah. end of that seven years, I, I, 20 years, I, you've got your stock. At the end of the 20 years in the triple net lease, you have your property. So, um, I actually, I actually like that. I do like that idea. I really do. I have a client who did, who's done it with CVS. Um, and, and he did it with some properties in Florida, uh, and he's very happy with it. Now you do realize that when you do stuff like that, just so you know, Bob, you're locking up your money for that length of time, but it's the income you're after. So no, I have no problem with it. Bob, appreciate the call. Thank you very much. I'm going to talk about, uh, this is going to be one of my talking points today, by the way, about, uh, uh, financial freedom here. I will. So our callers are pretty pretty busy today. Maybe it's rainy weather. I don't know. But with calls stacked up, we have to move pretty quickly. So I apologize for that. Some of the other topics I have that we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about buying Netflix would have been a costly mistake for Apple or would it? Other things, as I said, I'm talking about financial freedom. I'm going to talk about why you should always stay in the market. And you know, we'll talk about several stuff and corporate debt. We're going to talk about those things before the end of the show. The mark was up, 63 on the Dow, 2 on the NASDAQ, 5 on the S&P. Tomorrow on Talk, we're going to talk about iPhone sales. We're going to talk about their service sector. We're going to talk about all those things tomorrow. 888-99-CHARTER is our number. 888-992-4278. To win, all effective investors use a process. And listeners call InvestTalk every day asking to share our winning process. And they too can win using the right analytical tools. Just what do we use as our everyday go-to research tool? YCharts. It's a cloud-based financial research platform. It is indispensable. YCharts has the powerful tools of a terminal combined with the ease of use of a modern website. We use YCharts every day. YCharts is easy to navigate, visually awesome, and informative. YCharts has filters driven by thousands of metrics, Excel integration, and data visualization to create charts that compare stocks, funds, indices, and more. If you're a serious investor, you'll understand that the precision functionality in YCharts is not free. But YCharts has more horsepower and by far better data and filters compared to a giveaway tools from Yahoo or Google. YCharts is a fraction of the cost of something like Bloomberg Terminal. And now our listeners can try YCharts for free. You just heard Steve and Justin endorse YCharts. It's the lightning-fast research, data filter, and charting tool they use every day for their investment portfolios. Think about it. Steve is right. Free software cannot come close to the power, speed, ease of use, and practical functionality of YCharts. And serious investors understand that YCharts can pay for itself with just one or two targeted investment selections. So here's your chance to take advantage of a free trial and a generous YCharts discount. Start by mentioning InvestTalk when you go to YCharts.com. Get serious, get YCharts. Well, it's official. Steve Peasley will be returning to San Jose on Wednesday, March 13th. Space is limited, 
But if you act fast, you can register for his free one-on-one portfolio review consultation. Details at investtalk.com. And now, Steve is here taking your calls live. Get your questions in 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Amit, Amit in Cincinnati. How you doing, Amit? Hi, Steve. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for the call. I wanted to ask you, and also thank you so much for you, Justin, and the team for the knowledge. I wanted to ask you a question about um, Goodyear tire versus uh, Continental uh-huh. tire during recession. Usually they don't do very good during recessions. They, you know, they usually, because they're cyclical, remember, they're sell, selling tires to car companies and then that's our main business. So in cars, are, you know, auto, the auto industry is very cyclical. And so that's why you're seeing the stock fall so hard because uh, we're late in the economic cycle. So they don't work, work very good in this late economic cycle. Now, they get very cheap. Don't think they don't get cheap. And this is getting very cheap. Um, but I wouldn't buy it just yet. I, 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 I frankly wait for the recession. That's when you buy like car companies and tire companies and that kind of thing. I, I, I Which one will you buy? Gee. Well, I don't, you know, I'll tell you Goodyear tire has good numbers. GT is a symbol, everybody, uh, manufactured tires, rubber related chemicals and that kind of thing, but they have very good numbers. The numbers look good, but I noticed that the most recent quarter sales are falling because auto sales are falling. So, um, I think a good, good year, a $4.5 billion company is probably a good choice if you ever want to get into that tire business. Thanks for the call. I mean, appreciate it. Let's go to James in Sonoma. How you doing, James? How you doing, Steve? You can certainly tell you have a little bit of a cold there. I thought maybe you're going through puberty again. Yeah, isn't that nice? Where, I sound calling. like Barry White. Maybe yeah, I, call- I should start singing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, listen, I'm calling to talk about LPC Properties. It's uh, obviously a real estate uh, investment in senior uh-huh. housing. It has a dividend close to five. Uh, it's had a bit of a run up. But what I'm concerned with, uh, it's uh, 2017 and 2018. If, uh, in 2018, it didn't raise the dividend from 2017. It only has a 62 uh, payout ratio, and I can't figure out why it doesn't raise the dividend. It will have to raise the dividend, James. It's a REIT, a real estate investment trust. You know, and as you pointed out, primarily long-term care and other health care related facilities in 29 states. Because as a REIT... James, they have to they have to pay ninety percent of their earnings out in the form of a dividend. They are required by law, or else they won't qualify as a REIT. Okay, so the, if you look at you know in two two thousand seventeen, they made two dollars and seventy one cents, and that's probably was about ninety percent. You got to look backward. If you look forward, you know this year they're going to make two thousand eighteen. We haven't got the final numbers yet. They're going to make three hundred five and then three hundred eight. Well, three dollars and eight cents for this year on a forty-six dollar stock. Okay, uh, that means that they're going to pay ninety percent of that. Uh, that's nine times three is two hundred two dollars and seventy cents, and two seventy is on forty-five. Yeah, that's going to be about nine percent, eight nine percent. Is that what your is that your math? Well, that yeah, but uh, like I said, I'm looking on a chart here, and it's uh, 2017. They uh, 
they paid a certain amount in 2018, right. uh, which is, are now in the books, yeah, they didn't raise the dividend. I mean, never go, it only goes up like, you know, 4 or 5% sometimes. Right. Sometimes it went up on, but they didn't raise it at all. And I'm just sort of curious why it well, didn't that's because, go up. That's my question. Why didn't it go up? Because they didn't... Be- because they haven't put in there, they don't have their final quarter numbers in yet. Oh, okay. We don't have. All right. Well, that's, see when when well, we. What find, do you think of a company? What do you think sh- of a company other than that? Looking at it, um, let's see. It looks pretty healthy. It's not. It's not going to grow. It's not going to be like, oh man, this the sales are growing 15 percent. No, the sales have been pretty flat for about a year, so they're not really going to grow. But as far as strength of company. It looks pretty strong. For a REIT, it doesn't have that much debt. Most REITs have mortgage debt. This one has some, but not nearly as much as others. So I kind of I kind of like it. Return equity is 12%. Well, you know, REITs don't have high return equity, and that's a decent return equity. It's, everything, all the numbers I'm looking at look pretty healthy to me. Pretty healthy. So you know, you might want to buy it if you don't own it now. Buy it on the next you know next pullback, and it looks like it, you might get a little pullback. Maybe it's at forty five. You might get it down to forty three, maybe, maybe forty four. But you know you're not going to get a lot of pullback. But that w- it would be a good one time to buy. Appreciate the call. Thank you very much, James. LTC LTC Properties, everybody. Okay, let's get to our main talking point. Buying Netflix would have been a costly mistake for Apple. Would it? You know, all the, Apple didn't want to buy it. Apple could have bought it. And there was Netflix was never on the market to be bought. But there's people have been arguing, experts have been arguing that they need to buy the content. Because Apple's moving away or trying to move away or at least not be all dependent on their iPhone sales. Okay, which is reasonable. That's reasonable. Okay, so that so they Apple needs has said they're moving toward content, but what they've done is they're going to make their own content. That was the decision they made. Probably a good decision in my feelings. Why? Well, if they were going to buy Netflix, you know how much they'd have to spend. I mean, Netflix, NFLX, the market cap is. In other words, market cap is the number of shares times the price of stock. So if you're going to buy all of the company, you got to pay the market cap, $156 billion. Now, Apple has $250 billion in cash, so it could buy it, but you wouldn't. they're not going to sell it to you for $156 billion. You're going to have to pay 20 30% premium on top of that. Okay, think about that. Okay, so now you're up to $180, $200 billion, and Apple could do it. They have the cash. But what could they? What content could they produce on by themselves for two hundred billion dollars? And <clears throat> looking at Netflix content, a lot of their content, over half, is not their own content. In other words, they don't have control over it. They help pay to produce it, but it's not theirs. They have the right to show it on their Netflix channel, but it's not theirs. About half. So they don't even have all the rights for all of their content that they help produce. So I'm not, I'm thinking Apple's taking the smarter and probably more conservative route by producing their own content instead of spending $200 billion buying somebody else's content. 
So maybe it's not such a bad idea not buying Netflix. Maybe that's a good idea. You know who? You know how we'll know? Only in hindsight, going forward, how successful Apple will be producing its own content. Remember, everybody's getting on that train. I mentioned that at the opening of the show. Everybody's getting on the content business, <clears throat> producing their own. You know, uh, you know, Disney, everybody. Well, yeah, Disney, that's what they did for a living is produce content. But they're, they're doing their own channel, as you all know. Anyways, so that's what I think. I don't think it's a bad idea. I really don't. I don't think. Okay, everybody, this is Talk, and I'm Steve Peasley, cold and all, and I apologize for that. And I'm happy to say that I will be returning to San Jose to meet with the listeners. I've gotten, it's over half full that day on March 13th. So if you want to, that's a Wednesday, March 13th in San Jose. Space has always been limited, and it will be again. So if you like, you know, a no-cost portfolio review or just want to talk about our services or just want to talk about retirement, be happy to do that. So all you do is uh, register at investtalk.com. You can send me an email, and, you can, and we'll respond saying you want to meet with me on the 13th in San Jose, and we'll call you up, set up a time. We're talking. We're, we are now taking your calls. We're taking them live every day, Monday through Friday, four to five, and we got what 20 minutes left or so. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. This is Invest Talk. Made possible by KPP Financial. InvestTalk listeners and KPP clients alike are invited to take advantage of the many products and services of KPP Financial. For example, the InvestTalk radio program and its podcast replays, the new online training experience, InvestTalk Academy, and the KPP premium newsletter distributed to subscribers each Friday. Learn more anytime at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open now, and you can call with your questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. You know, I mentioned on the air what I thought my financial freedom number was. It was about $5 million in my mind. And I, a, a Mike sent me, sent me an email Mentioning that I, that I talk, talked about an error, and he had some very ten very pointed questions about what that means, financial freedom, and what kind of questions that need to be answered. So first, uh, uh, first one was, what do I what, what, have I considered what age I'm going to retire at? Yes, between age seventy and seventy five. Somewhere in there, I, and I'm not going to do it on purpose. I'm going to do it because I need to retire because I'm concerned about my own mental health. Not that I'm going crazy. I mean, I need to be sharp doing this business, so I don't want to. I don't want to be an old guy who can't, who's not sharp, and be on the air. I'm going to let that dictate my retirement date. Um, when do I begin Social Security? I'm going to delay it. I'm going to delay it till 70 years old. Because I can get more money, I get eight percent a year more from my, uh, de- you know, my 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 uh, retirement, full retirement age, which is sixty seven, and sixty six. I'm sorry, sixty six and seventy. I get eight percent more a month every year till seventy. So I'm gonna hold off and not do it. Do I? Am I gonna buy long term care insurance? No, I'm not because I think it's you know insurance companies are ripping people off about that. I think it's way too expensive. How much will you draw down each year from your investments? Between four and five percent. 
That's what I plan on doing. Is it all taxable or IRA? It's going to be a combination of both. You know, uh, whatever, I'm, at age 70 and a half, you have to take required minimum, required minimum distributions from your retirement account. So, you know, whatever that will be. But I've been very careful about balancing my, what kind of accounts I have. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, how, when do you transition from investment to cash? I'm not really going to transition to cash. I'm transitioning now to a combination of bonds and stocks. And I will probably always have a, a, a combination of bonds and stocks. And as I get older, I'll probably do a bit more bonds and a little bit less stocks. But I think it's going to be 60-40. I mean, I'm never going more than maybe maybe 70-30, 70 bonds and 30% stocks. Because I'll probably have some tax-deferred bonds and try to do that kind of thing. Anyways, um, do you plan on downsizing your house? I haven't decided. We talked. My wife and I talked about that a couple this last weekend. We have a big house we don't really need, but we really love the house. So, you know, I'm... I'm more, yeah, let's go ahead and downsize. She's more, I love my house. I don't want to. I'm probably pretty typical. And what do you plan to do with your time? I like to write. I'm going to write. I think I will write. I might try my hand on some fiction, but I also want to write about stocks and the market and some, maybe write some, I ever wrote, you know, I have a book called uh, Above Average Investing for the Average Investor. And I have that book. But, you know, I haven't written one since. I've been just too busy. I also will be contributing to charity on my our money. Because the next question is about what are you going to do with all your money? We're going to give it to charity. I help pay for nieces and nephews' education along the way. And remember, I have 39 of those. So, Also, my wife is a big Basset Hound uh, lover. She wants to give Basset Hound Rescue a, a chunk of money. I'm not so sure about that, but she wants to do that. Um... Do I have a trust or plan to develop a trust? No, no. You know, as far as after I die and my money goes here and there, no, I'll just let my, uh, I'll let my family inherit whatever's left. So that's what I, you know, these are my own personal decisions, guys. I, mean, I don't mind sharing them. I don't because, you know, I'm, I'm using, I'm trying to put in play, do, from practicing what I preach here, practicing what I preach. And that's what I plan to do. So, Mike, that's the answer to most of those questions. You want more details, you got to call. Okay? Um, 888-99-CHARTERS is our number, everybody. You can call me anytime you want. I love talking to people, answering questions. And I, there's one thing, you know, there's one more talking point before the end of the show, and that is um, another email sent from a, from one of my clients, Jim. And uh, it says, uh, why you should always own stocks. And I kind of agree, but this gives us some statistics. And I'm going to share that with you. I think it's really important that you always be in the market. Yeah, and, and I, I, I forgot about my other corporate debt talking points. So, gee, I got two left. Hopefully, we'll get to both of them. Um, corporate debt is one of my concerns because it's in the... In, by 2023, you realize there's $3.3 trillion of corporate debt that has to be refinanced. Is that a lot? I'll talk about that. This is Invest Talk, and I'm Steve Peasley. The year seems to be moving on pretty fast, as you know, and so does the show, as I mention every day. Moves fast for me. 
Uh, we still have about 10 minutes, so you can get your questions in. Anything you want to talk about, as long as it's financial. 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, the $22 trillion U.S. national debt is huge, but it's not in the danger zone yet. However, it could be soon. That story tomorrow. But now Steve is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART. Hi, this is Mark in Dallas, Texas. I love your show. Thanks for all the great information. I'm looking at an ETF called FXF. That's Foxtrot X-Ray Foxtrot. And looking as perhaps a way to invest in a currency that's not the dollar, given our national debt and our deficit just going up, up, up. So wondering if that, that might be a way to just hedge against a, a downturn in the value of the dollar and would love to hear your response on that. Thanks again for the show. Okay, this is FXF, Invesco Current Swiss Franc. So this is an exchange-traded fund ETF so you can perform as corresponding to the Swiss Franc uh, net of trust expenses. It costs money to to buy the currency so this so anyways this is a, you're betting here that the swiss franc is going to be more valuable than the dollar and i think that's not a good bet i don't think it's a good bet uh because swiss franc the country is way too tiny first of all and i don't look at the chart you should look at this chart fxf and then compare that with uup which is the dollar chart okay I'm not sure that there is, you know, it's a negative correlation. Our dollar goes up, this goes down. So if our dollar falls, will that correlation hold and this will go up? It might go up because the euro go up and, you know, the Swiss currency might follow the, the, the euro. That might be true. But long term... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't. It's not exposed to the market, so that's a good thing. It's, it's an asset class that it's not going to track our market. I don't. I don't really care for the play. I, I don't think it's long term is a good play. So, uh, corporate debt, real quick, before I get to the other main talking point, I want to get him in before the end of the show. Invest grade invest investment grade debt. That's good debt. Okay, corporate debt is three point three trillion. Up until there's going to be 3.3 trillion come due before 2023. Remember, it's 2020, 2019 now. So that's what three, three and three quarters years, almost four. Well, is that a lot? How do we know that's a lot? Well, then compare it with all of corporate debt. How much is 3.3 trillion compared to all corporate debt? It's 48 percent. 48 percent of all. Investment-grade corporate debt has to be refinanced in the next four years. And at the same time, sometime during the next four years, there's going to be an economic slowdown where money is going to get tight. Therefore, corporate debt, these people are going to pay more for that debt. Now, this is not a crisis, but it, or, or it, it could be an issue. That's a lot of money that has to be refinanced. So... So why should you always own stocks? Why? You always should be in stocks to some degree. Not 100% when you get old like me, but you know, you should. Reason one of the reasons why is that we're living longer. 
We're living a lot longer than we used to. So when you retire, you're living a lot, your money's going to last a lot longer. And it has proven over and over and over that stocks are better than bonds long-term. Stocks win all the time. And that's the reason number two. Stocks win all the time. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, so, uh, if you hold stocks for 10 years, they outperform any other asset class 95%. 20 years, 100%. Even in five years, it's 85%. So, and even one year is 73%. So stocks outperform bonds. They just do over time. Also, another reason, stocks always beat inflation. Because if inflation starts to increase, corporations increase the prices. So their, their earnings keep going up to keep stay ahead of inflation. So, you know, you would stay, you would stay in, in, in stocks. Another reason, stocks pay bigger dividends. Okay, so you got they generally you you got to find them. You got to do the work, but over long periods of time, stocks pay a better dividend. I mean, there, there's there's no reason not to own stocks. And Jim, I wanted to thank you for that article. Appreciate that. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another InvestTalk program. And I thank you for your loyal support and questions. I really do appreciate it. Tomorrow's a new day, and you'll have lots of market questions, I'm sure. Please come back, uh, and I want you to have a great evening. And maybe I'll be, I won't be burial white by, by tomorrow. So have a good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, Call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART.